The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board of the Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We are a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who never gets caught up in the hyperbole, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening? I am doing better than I was yesterday. I'm okay. I'm hanging in there. It's been... We had a February vacation last week, mm-hmm. which is usually a relaxing week. It's a Northeast thing. Those things don't happen here. Northeast thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was rough. It was a rough week. So I felt the effects of it by the end of the week. <laughs> it was a rough week being off, having vacation? I didn't have vacation. I still had to work every day. Right. Uh, we had a snowstorm that nobody was expecting that dropped. 12 inches of snow on us Um, after a day after it was 63 degrees here. So, you know, that kind of messes with the body too. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah. So it's been, it's been a, yeah, it's been a long, it was a long week. Uh, uh, I'm grateful for you, for Kyle, for letting me postpone the podcast today because i was in rough shape yesterday <laughs> well i am glad that we were able to also delay so that you could you know feel better and that that would be great so um. and my, my, my wife came home from work and i i was too out of it to even really put anything together but she looked at me she looked at the time and realized i wasn't podcasting I don't know that I've seen her look more angry or like it was weird. And I was just so tired. I couldn't even engage in conversation. So I just closed my eyes and went to bed. So I texted her today and I was like, were you mad at me last night? She's like, no, I had a horrible day. And I was like, oh, so we both had horrible days. Gotcha. (laughs) So that's where that came from. She was probably just mad I was in bed. (laughs) Oh, and she's like, I don't want jealous. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How about well, you? How are you doing? You know, as we were talking, Josh, I uh, I have this eye thing going on where my eye has been twitching a lot. And, you know, I read that there's, the, you know, the high likelihood of the reason that's happening is the amount of caffeine I consume. So, you know, I just decided I'm going to live with an eye twitch for a while, I guess. Uh, work is really busy right now, which is fine. It's just that things are, you know... I am someone who applauds change. Like I genuinely one of those people who like at work and the things that we do get really excited when we're going to try something different, do something new. I, I am all about it. You know, there's some people who aren't and that's fine. But for me, I thrive in learning new things and trying new things and just kind of going on and saying like, Hey, we've never done this before, but let's see how it goes. We're going to do the best we can. And there's a lot of that happening at my work right now where programs are changing requirements and we're unrolling a new general education and like all of this stuff is changing 
but it's all happening at the same time. That's and, awful. Know, so like, <laughs> yeah, it, it really has been, it's been good. It's been busy, but it's been, uh, and I don't get stressed very often, but I definitely have a heightened sense of uh, awareness of like all of the things that are going on and all of the responsibilities that are happening right now. Uh, so it's good, but it definitely has, you know, made me rely on coffee and things like that. Even though I typically drink a lot of coffee, I drank it because I liked it, not because I was like, I felt I needed it. Uh, and I think I have turned a little bit towards needing it a touch more often uh, than I used to. So it's good. It's just been very busy. Uh, and that I think will be reflected a little bit when we get to what what we've been playing. A bit. Yeah. This uh, also the- is not the best. <laughs> Are you saying that cat life, Josh, you know, when we talked last week, cat life was good. And now you're being attacked by your cat. Uh, you know, a week ago, cat life, you said was amazing. That things were improving greatly. Your cat is very cute, though. She is super uh, cute. Are you saying that it is not going as well anymore? Have things not continued to progress positively? Uh, things are going good. Uh, they're actually able to be in the same room now. But my older cat really just she doesn't have that spunk in her. Mm, so yes. instead of playing, which is what this cat wants to do all the time, she just hisses at her really loudly and then swats at her. There was a point where I don't even remember which cat it was at this point. This one keeps eating my cat's food, which has special like like things from my my other cat in it. So oh, gotcha. It's yeah, pretty frustrating. Um, I don't remember which cat it was, but my wife pulled one of the cat's nails out of the other cat's head the other day. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know they're getting along. They're like, oh yeah, they love each other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was more than one time when we had the new puppy that. Uh, they were they would be playing and I'm like, okay, who's bleeding? One of yeah. them's bleeding. I don't know who, but someone's bleeding. Like it happens. Like Yeah, but in that situation, it's just me who's bleeding <laughs> from the cats. <laughs> just scratches all over. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh okay, Josh. So for our pregame, even though you know we've kind of been doing that the whole time here, and we are recording on a Monday night instead of Sunday, so we might be a bit punchier than we typically are. I know our pregame <laughs> chats before we started recording was much more punchy. Yeah. So we'll see how this episode goes. Uh so for pregame, my my topic I picked, Josh, is what movie or movies television yeah. shows whatever you want it to be like what is the thing that you think you have seen the most in your life when it comes to movie slash tv yeah you're speaking my language this is easy for me in fact actually if it's hard it's hard it's harder to define which one is the most uh so what i can say confidently there's two movies that fit that list for me they are as far apart as they could possibly be um Princess Bride. Okay. And Army of Darkness. Those are the two movies I have seen the most. Okay. Now, let me clarify something before you continue. When you yeah. say the most, yes. how many times roughly would you say you've seen these movies? Oh, boy. Uh, a thousand. Okay. Or more. Now, when you say seen, are these things that you have actively sat down and watched? Or does like having them up in the background count as far as watching them? I think both. Um, If we're talking strictly a movie that I've seen the most as in watched fully throughout the most, that definitely does change. Um, But there was a part, there was a time in my life where I would just go to bed to these, those two movies. Okay. Um, You go to bed to Army of Darkness? It's a comedy. Uh, I mean, it is. But. It is a comedy, and I'm pretty hardened horror guy. So, like, there's That's nothing true. scary in Army of Darkness. Valid. valid. <laughs> uh, in fact, I would quite often f- find myself waking up, reciting lines 
from a scene that had just happened and didn't even realize it. Um, just because I can probably recite the Army of Darkness movie to you. <laughs> uh, not now, but at that right. point. It's been a bit since I watched it. Um, in fact, it used to be a prerequisite to uh, date me. You had to watch Army of Darkness. Um, <laughs> like, literally, I was so young and naive then that it was like something I'd put on first. <laughs> like, oh, oh you're hanging, spending the night or watching Army of Darkness, which is not smart as a kid or 20 somethings like why would you do that to a prospective mate (laughs) well i mean it gives it says a very clear signal right away oh yeah it sure does it tells you who exactly i am um i think if if i'm going to name a film that i've seen the most um it's probably the matrix it's probably the movie i've watched fully the most um and i saw it six times in theaters so that says a lot about that as well um tv shows Probably Futurama is, uh, well, actually, I would say Futurama is tied with Scrubs, How I Met Your Mother in France, um, okay. even fa- and Family Guy. Like those are all shows that I can. I have this thing uh, that I a lot of people don't have, and it's probably bad. It's a bad brain thing, but I like legitimately forget a lot of the things from those shows. Where every time I watch an episode, even though I know it mm-hmm. like so well, I always find myself like not remembering parts of them. So it's it truly is like watching them for the first time to some degree uh, when I do watch them. And Bob's Burgers is also on that list. <laughs> um, the number of uh, television comedies you have there is significant. Comedy is a great escape. I'm not going to put dramas on my list. I don't think for like things I love to rewatch. I li- I watch True Detective. It's fantastic. It's it's groundbreaking um, filmmaking and television. But I saw it. Right. <laughs> I might rewatch it. Um, and I was talking about Hannibal today in mm-hmm. Discord. Hannibal, yeah. uh, phenomenal TV show that uh, nothing even comes close to how gritty that got for cable television. Yeah. Great. And the X-Files also phenomenal. I often wonder what, how do we compartmentalize things that we can watch a lot and have them and say like, this is good. But things that were like, I watched that one time. It was amazing, but I never want to watch it. It was enough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, like what is like, is one inherently better or worse than the other? Does Hmm. the, you know, popcorn nature of something make it less valid or more valid if you can watch it over and over and over again and consume it multiple times like obviously for a network they they like that yeah but does that in some way reflect the um that it it, it's well some of the shows you mentioned although i don't think would fully fall into this that it's safe right like it's not going to push our limits too much in any way shape or form though some of theirs are maybe unsafe in context of what they talk about, but maybe do it in a safer, more palatable way. It probably depends on where you are in your life, to be honest with you. Uh, Are you like, if you're in a spot in your life where you're able to watch trauma multiple times, like that's probably good. Actually, you're probably in a good headspace, probably happy. And, um, and it doesn't affect you so much. But if you're someone like me who has like this addictive personality, and is very empathetic like watching for me watching a drama series well as much as i can love a great one mm-hmm. it it like physically affects me 
Yeah. Uh, especially with like this, the whole, the change to binge culture. Oh, gotcha. Like yeah. watching last every once a week is not, or 24, like shows I love to death. The Shield, Lost, 24, Game of Thrones, all these things, being able to watch them once a week is a lot different than sitting down and watching, I don't know, what, 13 episodes of Big Bang Theory in one night? Like, yeah. it's a little different, uh, I think, mentally. <laughs> uh the fact that you bring that up is is I was listening to a podcast today and they were talking about Peacemaker. Yes, great which show. I've not which I've not watched yet, but I hear fantastic things about it. And their big thing about it was that since it came out every Thursday or whatever it was that it, it came yes. out, that for the first time in a long time since this whole binge culture has started, that they on Thursdays would like they both have kids and stuff and they'd be like getting their, you know, going through their day, waking up, getting their kids ready for school. And they'd be like, oh, shoot, it's Thursday. Yeah. And they get really excited about the fact that it's Thursday. And they're like, OK, putting the kids to bed early tonight like this because <laughs> I'm watching Peacemaker tonight. Yeah. And that they said how refreshing that was to like have that in their life again, that there's this thing to look forward to, that there's always this next thing that you're like, hey. Yeah, it stinks this is done, and now I have to like think about the show that I don't just get to jump into the next thing. But dang, if I'm not excited when Thursday rolls around, I get to watch a new episode again, and that they love that fact again and had really, really missed that. The counter I have for that, because I totally agree. Um, I'm throwing things at the cat now who's eating the other cat's food. Um, I agree with that. Peacemaker, all the Disney Plus shows, including like Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Hawkeye, she's not even moving now that I'm hitting her with things. <laughs> if, you need uh, to go, if you just need to go move her, that's fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. Whatever. She's going to eat it whether I'm here or not. Is I, I agree with you. The excitement for me is still there, right? I'm like super excited. It's Wednesday. Hawkeye is the new episode of Hawkeye's out. It's Thursday. Um, the new Peacemaker's out. It's Friday. Like the Book of Boba Fett. I know that's Wednesdays. Um, but... For me, it became avoid spoilers, not enjoy my time watching it. I still enjoyed my time watching it. Right. But the internet has ruined my enjoyment of weekly series. I, I will say, as someone who did not watch the book of Boba Fett, uh, things that I know about that show yeah. that happened like the day that like I knew the episode came out, I'm like, yeah. I'm not even like, I, like, I'm not actively trying to avoid it, but I'm also in no way looking for this information. The mm-hmm. information that I was getting was like, how how did we just go from like lockdown, don't talk about things to like, well, people are too like serious about spoilers. Like we need to be able to talk about them a little bit to like within minutes of the thing launching, you're just talking about like, yeah, there's, there's got to be a gray area in there. A, that's a little longer than like the show just launched too bad if you didn't stay up all night to watch it. Yeah, like, I don't watch Euphoria, but I saw um, today people being mad that they weren't even given 12 hours before right. spoilers are up. Yeah. And that was a finale episode too right. for those like that's a bummer. But and you didn't answer your own question. What's your answer to your question? Yeah, sorry, we got uh, way off. That's okay. People there. can like, people can deal with us. They, they, <laughs> like if said, they're still be... listening, they understand what we do. We're probably gonna be a little punchy tonight. Uh for me, the movie I have seen as far as like sat down and watched the most is definitely Jurassic Park. Like that is not even close. The movie I have watched the most in my life. Yeah. Um, similarly, I can probably almost like recite the entire movie line for line. Yeah. As far as movies that are just on in the background the most, it's probably the Harry Potter movies. Actually. Oh, okay. Um, it's a good mostly, answer. 
because the partner really likes those and they're very like we've i've seen them enough that it does if i stop by if i just look up really quick i know exactly where they are i know exactly what part of the movie is on exactly what's happening doesn't matter what movie yeah. it is um so those are probably the ones that are just on in the background like when we're cleaning house or doing whatever um if we're not like listening to music or something like those tend to be like just what we put on um and I think one of the reasons that is the most common on the television thing is it's something we can agree on. Whereas like the things that I might put on would probably be different than just the things she would put on. Sure. Uh, as far as TV shows go, I don't watch TV shows or rewatch TV shows all that often or even put them on in the background all that often. Usually my background TV is going to be like something on the Food Network or something. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I don't know if those totally count. But if I was going to pick shows that I've seen the most, it would definitely be Bones and Castle. Like, those are the two shows that I've oh, definitely okay. watched the most. I really like Castle. Yeah, which are definitely quote-unquote dramas, but they have, like, their funny moments, too, and they, their light-hearted moments, too. And I tend to, um, in those shows, if I am watching them in the background, any episode that's a little more heavy, I tend to just skip. Um, I'll, I'll watch those episodes if I'm, like, actively re-watching the series. Yeah. But if they're just not in the background, I tend to skip the heavier stuff, so... That's it for me. Listeners, let us know what ha- what are the movies or shows that you have seen Ooh. the most in your life. We would love to know. And Josh just got some exciting things he just read, apparently. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I remembered we had a, an email to read when we get to our, our, uh, our email feedback. section. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, finally, we're going to move on to some housekeeping. So thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We are proud to be part of the Play Some Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, and Dollar Cinema. You never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all of your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast, which posted their final episode last week, episode uh, number 750, um, which is, you know, we're on 228 right now, and they're on we'll 7. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get there eventually. Um, but go ahead, check them out. They have, a, obviously, an extensive back catalog, you know. Uh, so go check that out if you want to, or all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. I am now going to have to rewrite that intro, too. Look at all this work. Oh, my gosh. Okay, with that, Josh, <laughs> we talked about a lot about you know, how punchy we are tonight, but that hasn't necessarily yeah. been the case all week. So what have you been playing, sir? Oh, I'm a punchy little boy, Kyle. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't either. Uh, uh, let's start. Where should I start? Let's start with Grid Legends. Okay, so Grid as a game series I'm familiar with, but I've never played it. It is free to try if you're a Game Pass Ultimate member with via EA Play's 10-hour free trial. This is a game we talked about last year that I was interested in because of the way they were intertwining um, oh, real-life um, yeah. actors. I remember this now. Okay. I was like, man, everyone was talking about this. I'm like, why can't I remember what this game was? like? I knew it was a racing game, but... Now, okay, I'm in. I'm with you now. I'm caught up. So, um, Grid Legends is kind of this um, amalgamation of Forza Horizon and Gran Turismo. Uh, It tries to blend arcade and simulation racing together, which I find to be interesting. And and I want to be clear, I'm speaking as someone who hasn't played the Grid games, at least more than a demo. So, 
you know, uh, this could be totally normal for their series. Um, I thought it looks, I thought it looked really good. Uh, you do start the game. It just kind of starts you right into the game. You don't have any choice, but to start the game where you start and it starts you in the middle of like, um, a race. There seems to be a feud of some sort between race drivers and it kind of just plugs you right in. Um, I shared a screenshot on our Discord. It's literally a screenshot from the first race. And uh, yeah, they put you right in control of a car. Not uncommon for racing games in the middle of a race. And you you just have to beat a certain guy. Um, if you finish first place, that's a bonus, which I did. Not to brag. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure lots of people did as well. Uh, so I don't know. I don't have strong feelings one way or the other about this game. I think it is fine the way it is handled. I just think it's a little like, it doesn't know what it is. Is it an arcade racer? Is it a simulation? Because everything about the game portrays itself as an arcade racer until you try to take a turn. And then you're like, oh wait, this is not an arcade racer. This is a simulation racer because you're not drifting around corners. You, if you do try to do that, it's a mistake. Um, the people in front of you in races, they will literally break to zero miles an hour to take a turn. So you're trying to take a turn and there's 15 cars in front of you just almost stopped. Excellent. Uh, so it's a little frustrating at that point. But um, I do enjoy the gameplay. I think really what, what bugs me the most is the transition into live action. Um, it's almost like one of the first live action scenes you get feels like a bad episode of The Office. It's oh. not funny though, but it's filmed like like it's just it it doesn't fit the feel of the game. Um and you're this new driver, you're being you're racing for this guy who he keeps taking on new drivers, but they colossally fail or quit on him every time they join his team. Um the acting from the actors is okay. It's not great. There's definitely some standout actors over the other ones. Um, I just, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'll play. I'm going to keep playing it some more just to get some more time with it. But um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm a little uh, unsure about how I feel about the game right now, but I mean, it's, if you have game pass ultimate and you want to give it a shot, I say, give it a shot. At least if you're, if you're a racing game fan, it's definitely doing something different in the racing game market, which is refreshing. Uh, whether that makes it a good or bad game, I, I can't lay down that opinion yet. Uh, Josh, do you know the name of the engine used to make Grid Legends? Uh, I'm sure it popped up on the screen before I started playing. <laughs> I just, when I looked up the if game. If you tell me Frostbite, I'm going to be like, Ugh. <laughs> No, it's not Frostbite. When I looked up the game, I saw the engine. At, it's called the Ego Engine. Okay. Same thing that F1 is made with. Uh, okay. But I just thought that was funny that the engine is called Ego. <laughs> and it's That's by all. EA. <laughs> Uh, okay, the next game I played is inspired by my son, who um, I don't know where this comes from. It's not from me. He's on this Ghostbusters kick. He's four. <laughs> Ghostbusters! Uh, he's on this Ghostbusters kick. He's always been interested at the toys at the store. He sees like the PKE meters and the proton packs and the figures. He's always been too scared to get them, but Every time we go to Target, he asks, can we go look at the Ghostbusters game? 
and we always go look and I say, do you want to get it? And he always says, no, it's too scary. So Saturday when we went to Target, he again asked, and this time he said, yes, I would like to get the Ghostbusters remastered game on the Xbox. So we did. Um, We went home. We didn't play it on Saturday, but um, he wouldn't stop talking about it. So on Sunday, Sunday is daddy day. Sunday is just me and him all day. My Mm -hmm. wife works uh, the entire Sunday. So we go to Walmart, we go to the market, and then we go get lunch together, which is like our nice special day. So he wanted a Ghostbusters toy at Walmart. So he got one of the new Ghostbusters Afterlife toys. He was very fond of that. Um, my folks watched him for a couple hours and I came down to pick him up and they were watching on YouTube, the Ghostbusters roller coaster, all AR ride, wherever it is. And he was really into it. And it's basically recounting the first movie. So he was like, Oh, can we go upstairs and play the game? I said, sure. This was the day I wasn't feeling very well. Yeah. Um, I literally fell asleep on the couch. He kept waking me up. I was like, oh, okay, we'll play it. <laughs> Give me a minute. Uh, so we played the game. I never played this game. Uh, and I don't know why I never played Ghostbusters. Did you play the original version or the remastered? I have not played this game. Uh, they get every voice actor back. Yeah, they did. That and it's it's essentially, no pun intended, the spiritual sequel to yep. Ghostbusters 2. And I must have forgotten that in my... Uh, old age <laughs> uh, because they got everyone they got the, for the mayor they got um, the guy that everyone hates who I can't remember his job but the redheaded guy who yells at Peter to uh, I don't forget who, what his job is it's like the city councilman uh, or yeah manager or something what yeah 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 the whole cast is back Annie Potts is back as as um um What's her name? <laughs> Janine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we played a bunch of that. He really loved watching like me fight the state puff marshmallow, man. I really enjoy the gameplay actually. Um, I didn't know what I was expecting, but um, they do a really good job. So we enjoyed playing that for a little bit. And then uh, we watched the real Ghostbusters cartoon for like an hour on YouTube. Um, but uh, Ghostbusters remastered. I mean, it looks great. It plays great. It's 20 bucks at Target. It's 30 on the Xbox store, but if you buy it physically, it's 10 bucks cheaper. Um, so I played that. It was a lot of fun. I had a text from my wife today because my parents watch him on Mondays. They watched the first movie with him, the whole movie. Wow. So I'm expecting nightmares later tonight. <laughs> my four-year-old watching Ghostbusters. Can okay. you imagine? <laughs> okay. There we go. So PC, please don't come after me. It was my parents who did it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So the game, very cool. We'll keep playing it um, whenever he wants. Um, it plays really well. I just wish there was co-op. It doesn't have co-op, which would be a lot cooler. Yeah. Um, but I also get it. The narrative doesn't fit co-op. Like they send you off with the different Ghostbusters, depending on the missions uh, that you're on. Josh, if you had to guess, yes. what do you think uh, Ghostbusters remastered is sitting at on open critic right now. oh it's probably sitting in between 50 and 60 <laughs> and it is a uh 69 hey nice or 69 i should say <laughs> nice. nice uh yeah <laughs> hey that's Let's actually see. pretty good for people who don't have nostalgia that were, were probably playing that game so uh 
Here's some quotes from the review. Oh, uh, yeah. Ghostbusters was a great tie-in back in 2009, but this remaster doesn't really make for a vastly improved experience. Uh, another what one. Weird oh, comment. <laughs> it always puts it always put nostalgia first and gameplay second. But ten years on, and Ghostbusters the video game just feels like a mediocre fan fiction. <laughs> what? <laughs> what weird comments? <laughs> Uh, Ghostbusters the video game remastered gets some visual improvements but not much else strong nostalgia hooks will delight fans but won't bring in any new audience does it count as nostalgia hooks if it's just a remaster like shouldn't they be commenting that on the original game I because the guy just acknowledged guy or girl acknowledged that it does look better (laughs) which is what you want in a remaster and every single one of these lines has been from a different review just to be clear yeah no I know (laughs) Uh, it's tough to recommend a remaster of a game that's only half remastered it's in 4K. That's a remaster these days. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Interesting. All right. Let's before I head on to the game that we both played, let's go on to Unsettled. I'm very excited to hear about this, Josh, because <laughs> Unsettled is currently on Kickstarter again. It's back on Kickstarter for the expansion, uh, yep. which we had, which is uh, my buddy Joe said, uh, very convenient timing that we scheduled this game because we did have the schedule to play this game because you know it was during february vacation so they knew i was available and i he said this we all as a group backed this kickstarter together because he heard us talking about it on the podcast actually um last year so i actually felt a little bit special about that uh, and oh, Joe, Josh. if you didn't hear about it on the podcast, don't tell me that. Just let me believe you heard about it on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. And Josh, you are special. So it's oh, okay. thank you. Uh, I took that negatively, but I, I'm sure you meant it positively. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did mean it positively. Yes. Uh, so we played Unsettled. Unsettled is the sequel-ish. It's from the people who made Vindication. It's not really a sequel, but it's their next game. Uh, in Unsettled which was a Kickstarter. I don't know that you can buy it in stores, but it is back on Kickstarter currently. Um, A game that comes with a core box, which uh, also comes with in the core box, you get all of the components you need to play the game uh, in game trays, which are very well done. um, And two planets. If you backed more of it, like we did, you also can get up to, I'm not sure how many they initially offered, but I think we have, either four or six additional planets. Uh, And uh, if you're familiar with our gaming lingo, you can consider them uh, nodes. They are standalone, but require to play um, planets for the game. So what you do is you pick your uh, astronaut, space explorer, what what have you. And you, you do get to pick a face for your astronaut, but it has no um, effect on the gameplay at all. It's just how you want your guy to look. I think what's funny is they have the their little circle discs for the face. You put it inside the spacesuit, and all it really is is one side is the regular character's face, and you flip it, and it's just your character wearing sunglasses <laughs> to make him <laughs> look cooler. Um, which I was the only one who chose not to do the sunglasses, so I was like, oh, I guess I'm in the minority on that one. Um, so you pick your planet, each planet has special, um, abil- effects that happen while you're on it. The planet we started with was the one they recommend for the first game, which was a fungi planet. Uh, and 
as you set up the game, you're uh, you also have a robot that comes with you. I forget her its name. I think it's Eva or Ava or something similar to that. And this is a um, I would guess to consider it like a probe droid kind of character. It looks like the robot from um, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It has a big head and a small body. And uh, as you start the game, you lay out tiles uh, like Carcassonne or Seventh Continent or games similar to like exploration. And you're going to start moving through your planet, trying to complete your objectives. Now, there's a bunch of objectives, but you only can accomplish one at a time. So you have a stack of cards that go top to bottom, like any storybook game. And as you play, you'll start, you read the top card, you'll flip it. That has a back side, and then there's another card with the top side. And you're just going through and trying to complete these objectives um, before your endurance runs out. Everyone has endurance on their player cards. It does play very similar to like the um, uh, epidemic uh, mechanic of Pandemic. Like, you know, like if something happens, it's really going to impede your progress in the game. So you're really you're really constantly fighting against this uh, ticking clock that you can't see and you don't necessarily know uh, when that's going to happen. On your turn, you have a different a bunch of different actions you can do. Uh, you don't have to do all of them. I, and I just got into my headspace of realizing how many times I said, uh, which is going to mess me up. Keep me punchy, though, for tonight. That's right. Uh, and yeah, I'll just go from uh to um. <laughs> so you t- you take your turn. You do have all these choices you can make while you're playing through uh, <laughs> the game. You can move forward. You can also move the robot to to go ahead because as you move, you're going to flip these tiles onto and, and reveal what is on these tiles. So there's a time mechanic in the game, and some of these tiles require you to use time to traverse. Sometimes you need to use two time to traverse, depending on how you know they were shuffled and laid out. If you play Dinosaur Island, this has similar Dinosaur Island vibes as far as you have three dice in front of you. They're different colored, and they reference uh, different parts of what you can do. And, and I'm forgetting what they stand for, but you can think of them as like, uh, what do I want to say? I don't you know. Could, you could change it to like stamina, agility, okay. like all these things like that. But really what they is there's green, blue, and I think orange is the other, is red. And they correspond to your player tile, which is, uh, they give you bonuses. So if you play a red die on the red square, you're going to get an extra, oh man, Joe's going to kill me. Um, influence, I want to say is what it's called. Mm-hmm. When you play your turn, in front of you on your character board are, are one, two, three, four, six to eight options of what you can do on your turn, where you place your dice. And when you start the game, depending on how many players are playing, it tells you how many pips you start with. So there's one, two, or three pips, and after one, it goes to a sand timer. As you use a die, you spend it. So if you have two pips, you move it down to one pip. If you have one pip, you move it down to the timer. But if you're on a timer and you use that die, which you can still do, uh, it will move time in the game, which is like the ticking clock 
And as you go, every time um, you move through the time timer, I guess I will say, it recycles, but as it recycles, it costs an endurance for everyone on the team. So we'll say there's maybe six timer spaces on the timer board. Once you hit that sixth time, it re- reverts back to one, but it crosses a spend endurance timer as you get there. So you want to be uh, careful how you use your dice or your, your die. But also when you turn, you have to rest as one of your die actions. That's mandatory. You So really you get two die to use. Um, but w- when you rest, it will increase your pip up one on the die. So if you put a two down, it will move it up to a three. Because some objectives that you have to complete will require you to spend two endurance or time. So really it's just, and it's a cooperative game. So everyone's just trying to uh, communicate what we're trying to do, how we're trying to get there. Um, you can move people with you as a free action if you're if they're on the same space as you, which is nice, which you don't see in a lot of games. And you can trade. Uh, it actually reminds me a lot of Returnal because you can. Oh. Uh, you're playing this astronaut and you attach like parasites to you depending on what happens, and they can give you positive side effects, which is very Returnal. You can right. also share them with people. Like if you're in the same space, you can just give someone like your parasite if you're not using it enough. And some spots require you to have this parasite to gain the bonus perk. Um, so this whole time you're you're traversing this map, you're trying to get resources, and you have a group resource board. Um, and those resources, there's power energy, there's machine, man, mechanical, and there's something else. And again. I usually have the rules in front of me and I don't today. So obviously that's not being helpful. Uh, but those are things you spend to complete tasks uh, or to continue on. And we got so close, Kyle. I mean, we got to our last turn, to our last moves, and we just we just didn't have enough in us to get through it. But I will say this. This was a game that we made a sacrifice of like a Gloomhaven night or they made like a, a Pathfinder night, like... They could, mm-hmm. We could have been doing those things. Um, and when we finished the first thing, everyone says, like, we got to play this again. And we had a lot of fun. And it was unique and fun, but it also had so many elements of other games that it made it... It didn't feel like uh, something, like, wholly new, like I had to learn a whole new game. Like, I really feel like it uses a lot of mechanics that I was familiar with. Right. Um, but as like any good cooperative game, it really came down to just our communication with each other and what we wouldn't do playing it again. Uh, and I can't say that for a lot of the games I own, right? Like a lot of the games I own, I play them. I might like them, but I'm not like chomping at the bit to play them again. Right. Uh, and I feel like this is one of those games where we have so many planets to play. Um, but I want to play this planet again. And I want to beat it. The only bad part of this planet, and I fear might be bad about all future planets, is the narrative is just full, chock full of dad jokes. And I was like, I <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> like every scenario we came across was a fungus dad joke. Gotcha. So question for you. Obviously, yeah. you said that you backed this as a as a group. Yes. When you backed it, did you get because it came with six planets total right 
so we must like the... we must have got the whole thing then yeah okay because so you did get like the all the expansions and everything when you did it we have two i i mean joe will be able to tell me about it but we the two come in the box and then we have um four planets separate came, they came separate with it okay so right now, like I said, you know, this is back on Kickstarter. So when you're listening to this, if you wanted to, theoretically, you could go back unsettled right now if you wanted yes. to. If would like if you didn't already have this yeah. and maybe you had played it with someone, but you're like, oh, I don't have access to this on my own, would you back it yourself to get it? I would like to own this for myself. Okay. Then my next question is, do you think it is, you know, since you don't own it currently yeah. on your own? Would you back so you can buy back at basically like the constellation level, which is the base game and two planet boxes? Okay. Yeah. Or would you back the whole supernova level of the base game plus all nine planets plus a whole bunch of other random stuff? If I lived like in a world module. where I could have regular game nights, yes, mm-hmm. I would do that. You would. Okay. I would. I, if I if I lived in that world. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I need to be fair. Like the the base game uh, with two planets is ninety bucks. It's two to four players, so I really like the player count. Like mm-hmm. it's very doable. The only problem is you could potentially see yourself in situations where you have too many players to play it. Right. So yeah. So it's it's ninety bucks without sleeves, a hundred dollars with sleeves for the base box. You don't need sleeves. I can tell you that right away. Okay. You there's I don't understand why that's even an option. There's no need for sleeves for this game. Some people like them. Uh sure, if you like them, but I I don't. I mean, um it's definitely a showcase game. Mm-hmm. But I also like each planet I think has three or four different scenarios. Like we played scenario A of this planet. So right. there's a lot of replayability too. Right. Yeah, and then it's $210 for all of it. I think I think that when you look at how well the game trays are are set yeah. up, where once you have it punched, you don't ever have to set those specific parts up again. Right. It it just feels real good about the production quality. It's one of those games where it's not over the top production quality. It's like just right. It's just right production yeah. quality wise. It is a game that you know we like I said we talk a lot about the price of games and the price of board games. Yeah. And I, and I'm trying very, very hard to like not <laughs> back games right now. Yeah. Um, but there's also like another Tang garden expansion on Kickstarter right now. It's like, yeah. I saw that. Um, but honestly the two ten for what you get feels like reasonable for the fact that you have these nine planets that you get, you get two additional modules that you can like add on to like any of the other planets um some additional avatars some purple a purple rift bonus which we don't even know what it is yet that's yeah. being announced on the third of march uh but just like with the quality of those game trays how everything is like pack it up the next time you want to play pull just pull everything out everyone yeah. just gets their tray and you just go it really like they did i think something pretty dang um special uh with the design and implementation of this game it see it feels a lot like a much more streamlined version of time stories yeah yeah like not that like there's like the traveling through time aspect but of like how you interact like as a group and how like you're meant to play things like multiple times to like really kind of because you're not just going to win right away right like everything is very close and very tight and like having different like it it really feels like a more refined version of time stories and i love time stories i think it was great 
some of the stuff in time stories though was just super convoluted sometimes where you're like what i don't even oh, yeah. understand like what i'm supposed to what clue i'm supposed to be like extracting from what just happened like i have no idea yeah this is um, very clear you know exactly what you have to do and how you right. have to do it it's just a challenge of doing it. and honestly doing it. this screams like you and erica to me like this is a game that i feel like you guys would play dang it Ugh, so okay. and and I also like we didn't do this, but when you you start on your ship, <laughs> and when you start the game, um, it has it's a ship tile, but it also tells you like if you flip the ship tile around, it's like easy mode. It has like a resurrection point on it because oh, nice. you can if you get exhausted, you pass out. You can still complete your mission as long as you drag the exhausted people with you back to your ship. Um. But that would allow you to resurrect people. Uh, so that was cool, too. We just we didn't use that um, because it says not to on your first game. Mm-hmm. But if you thought it was too hard. But there's definitely like the planets are rated based on difficulty. And the first one we did was the lowest difficulty. So uh, I could see that becoming very important for higher difficulty planets. Well, and they actually address that. And I, I do think it's neat that they list out the challenge. Um, but they address that. Let's see if I can find it in here that they say specifically that the the rating the challenge rating isn't a difficulty rating that it is oh gosh i'm not gonna be able to find it really <laughs> well now. they did a poor job <laughs> well <laughs> on that aspect <laughs> um it, in that um let's see uh two part okay okay here we go challenge levels each planet has a challenge level this is not a difficulty rating this one to four rating is a composite of the complexity of rule bending indicating the mental load required to face each world so what does that mean to you difficulty so to to, well no to me that like that means kind of what you just said of like yeah just because something has a challenge level of one does not mean that it is an easier planet than one of a four oh sure sure. it just means that we are being more like one the like rules the complexity of what you need to do is more straightforward compared to a four but that doesn't mean that the one is easy does that make sense yes that does make sense yeah okay because also based off of your experience that kind of sounds accurate too yeah yeah. Yep. That gives us hope for future planets. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Anything else about Unsettled? I mean, if you're listener, if you're on the fence, I mean, mo- many, 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 many places had the, as like one of the top 10 games of last year. Like, I mean, it pretty is universally praised. So Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was very good. Uh, you know, I'll do my best to speak better about it in the future, but uh, um, I'm just a tired man. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, it was very good. I really enjoyed it. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to playing again. Uh, yeah, and then the last game I've been playing, which we both been playing, uh, is Horizon Forbidden West. I had a hiccup, so to speak, in this Oof game. To Josh, that stinks. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I almost quit playing it. Uh, in fact, if I didn't love. Aloy so much, I probably would have just stopped playing this game. Uh, so I lost about two days worth of progress. I don't know why or how, but I lost about 10 hours worth of gameplay. A uh, hard gameplay, too. It wasn't just like exploring gameplay. It was like going through some of the early tough stuff, uh, Thunderjaw included, where I was booting up the game and it it was like, hey, do you want to load from your cloud save or from your local save? And I was like, why is this coming up? And it says, like, uh, we had trouble locating your save. And I was like, well, I'm going to 
load it from my manual slave because I do manual saves all the time. Right. This should not be a problem. So I loaded my manual save from a day before the last time I played. And I was like, wait, this is weird. Why does my map look like this? Because I opened my map. I didn't realize there was a problem right away. So I opened my map and I'm like, well, uh, I'm way further than this on my map. So then I went to go load my game and all of my save points were from 24 hours earlier. Uh, And I was like, "Uh, this isn't right. What do I do? Close the game. Okay. Restart my PlayStation. Okay. Go into system settings and go to cloud saves. Yeah. Okay. Open my cloud saves. All my cloud saves two days earlier. I'm like, well, that's that's not right. (laughs) My manual saves one day later, earlier, uh, previous, two days previous for my cloud saves. uh, uh, Okay. So I tried to load the game again. We've had a problem. Please pick your cloud save or your manual save. Same thing. And now it didn't show the right date. It just showed the day before for my manual save. So I kind of freaked out a little bit. <laughs> and as I wrote in the Discord, this happened to me in Bioshock 2, where it lost six hours of my save data, and I just never finished the game. Right. Because I was so mad. And I was very mad. In fact, I almost started playing Elden Ring. I was so mad. <laughs> but I knew if I started playing Elden Ring, either I was going to hate it, which wouldn't have put me in a better mood, or I was going <laughs> to love it and not go back to Horizon. So I just took a minute. And when I say a minute, I took four uh, four hours, and I just thought to myself, what am I going to do? <laughs> so I went back, and I put some more time into it. So Have you come back up to where you were? I'm not back to where I am. No, I'm not even close because uh, I'm a dad. I have no time. So the time I got to play was so important and crucial. And I didn't realize that until right, like until maybe I replayed where my save loaded was at a very difficult point in the game where I'm, I'm trying to help. Uh, I don't want to say any spoilers, so I won't. I'm trying to help this tribe. So I have to scale a wall to get into this valley to find a hurt tribesman where I have to fight uh, two of those reindeer-looking mofos and two <laughs> of those, they're not sawtooths, but they're like the new versions of sawtooths, but they're the purple versions of them mm-hmm. that shoot lasers at you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I did that. I went. I started my lo- my save. I started doing that. I died five times in a row, and I said to myself, I can't play this game anymore. I already did this. And I know what's next. A Thunder Draft fight is right after this. There's no break. So Wait, how far in the game are you? How far away? <laughs> okay, sorry. I just, you totally cut out there. Well, I can't be very far because I've done a lot of side quests. Have you fought a Thunder Giant? I have seen two Thunder Jaws. I have fought neither of them because I chose not to fight. Them. Oh, I had to fight one for this quest. What level so maybe are it's you? a side quest you didn't do. What level are you? Uh, well, what level am I now, or what level was I? <laughs> what I'm, level were I think you? I'm level. I think I'm back to level twenty now. Okay, so you are probably where I am now because I'm like level twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, I was like twenty five when I lost my save data. Okay, it started yeah, me I... back at level eighteen. Okay, so I was level I... eighteen when I did it. Okay, because I saw a Thunderjaw that I did not have to fight. There was. Were like you a, with a guy a... though? Uh, no. Okay. I so feel like I've done every side quest, though. It was with a guy. Maybe it's a main quest. It might be the main, it might be one of the main quests. 
I was with a dude. This is a part of his quest. Anywho, it is relevant to my frustrations. <laughs> um, I, so maybe so okay. I wait did, a second. Wait. Yeah, go ahead. So did you? Okay, had you already gone west a ways and like gone to the? I have, um, I have finished. Had to, like chain scrape. Chain scrape is done. Yep. So I moved to the next settlement. Yep. And this is part of that quest line in that settlement. Really. And then after that is the settlement that I took a screenshot of where it has the giant. Well, no, it's part. Yeah. Where you see the giant pyre, like the giant building in the middle. You know, I see that picture I shared. Yeah. I'm trying to think now. So this is probably I'm forgetting the names of the places. This is probably fascinating. Radio. Okay. So you, after chain scrape, did you go to plain song? Yes. And was this in plain song or the place after that? What's the place after plain song? It's where you have to. So you've already. Okay, boy, here we go. Uh, spoilers <laughs> for Horizon Forbidden West uh, yeah. for the next two minutes. So after you go and you get the base version or the like the base version of Gaia that doesn't have it. I haven't gotten the base version of Gaia. Oh, wait. Is it the lady who talks to you? Yeah. Where you see what's her face for the first yes, time? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So you've done that. I've done that. Yeah. Okay. And then you get the base version of Gaia and then you have to take that and you have to go get. And it's like. You have to go to you have to go west, yeah, and you get the um oh crap the one sub function that you have to go get the first one. I don't know now. Okay, I, I've confused myself. Uh, I'm trying to think of the most recent thing I acquired before I went there. Um. Anyways, regardless, <laughs> what, over. I, what I found back. myself doing was, and I'm not happy about this, but I felt it was necessary. I changed my difficulty to easy and I put That's on fine. guide and I put on guided for everything. That's fine. It hasn't changed much. <laughs> the fight okay. was still very hard. Um, I plan on putting it back to normal and putting everything back on Explorer because that's how I was playing with Explorer and normal. Um, but I want to get back to where I was. Uh, I lost, I want to say easily six upgrades on my skill trees in my save loss. That's a huge that- hit. That is a bummer. I will say those do come like candy, though. I uh, I felt like I earned them. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree that you yeah. earned them. I'm just saying. They, I felt they like it was come- pretty tough to get to some of the ones I got. Anyways, uh, so I'm I'm probably halfway back to where I lost my save. Only halfway. Okay. And I'm not I'm not thrilled about it to be honest with you. Um, but I love this game so much. I really have a hard time. I can't put it aside. No matter, it's like my own little abusive relationship. Uh, if it ever happens again, I had to turn cloud saves off. I just turned them off, period. So now I have to get back to fires before I turn my game off. I can't, I don't have a choice. Cloud, clouds auto save is off. Um, so now at least I feel if a mistake happens, hopefully it's my fault and not right. another grave error. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yes, I want, so let's, I want to hear about your experiences with Horizon, but I, I have to go to the bathroom. So can you talk about my city while I get I will talk about my city while you, while you run to the restroom. Yes. Okay. So, uh, obviously I've been talking about my city for a while on this and I mentioned that I would, uh, talk about it when we were finished playing. I don't remember if I ever did that. And I just want to sum up this game very, very briefly because I know I've talked about it a ton. Uh, and we are, we are, we finished it. We finished it a while ago. Uh, the plan was to play 
uh, Arcanova this weekend because that came in and I was super stoked about it and got it set up and the partner just wasn't feeling well. Um, so we didn't end up playing it. So hopefully this coming weekend we'll get Arcanova uh, played, um, which I, I'm really excited about. But my city, if you're looking for a legacy game and you've never played a legacy game before, I really, really recommend giving my city a shot. By the end of the game, things got reasonably complicated. Like there were definitely um, things going on that for a game that starts with very, very straightforward rules, by the end, things got quite a bit more complex. And you were trying to keep in mind multiple things that you're trying to do, but still within the framework of the game. So even though things were getting a bit more complex and there were some more layers of things you had to consider, everything was still within the layer of, of how the game plays like that never really changed. Flip a card, put out a building, flip a card, put out that building, flip a card, put out that building. That's all you're doing. But then you're really starting to take into consideration. Okay. When I'm putting out the building this time, there's X that I have to consider. And this time there's Y I have to consider. So overall really, really love the game. I will say, by the end, when we had finished all 24 playthroughs, they have a way to do your final scoring. I got my butt absolutely <laughs> kicked. Nice. I mean, it wasn't even close. I got beat so bad and I still had a great time playing it. Um, so I do super recommend it if you are looking to get into legacy games at a low price point. Um, and if you're worried about like replayability, knowing that there is like a a legacy or a forever i shouldn't say legacy because it's not right a forever version of this game that you can right. play on the back of every single board uh so you both get the this experience to see what a legacy game is like in a way that's very approachable but also then you still have that forever version of the game that you can play all for like 35 bucks so it's it is yeah. really really good and i definitely recommend it and it plays really well at two and i have to imagine it plays great at three and four as well other than like i said i got my butt kicked nice when all was said and done so I'm looking forward to hearing about Arc Nova because this was a game that came out of nowhere. And I know. And I, yeah. I didn't even realize it was like as big as it's going to be. And spoilers. I mean, it was Tom is now number one on Tom Vassell's top 100 games of all time, which is crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we were and you missed it while you're out. Well, we were going to play it this weekend. And oh, I heard I heard I heard. Oh, did you hear? Then. OK, yeah, yeah. we're going to play this weekend. Erica, <laughs> that's why I, brought, well. that's so, I brought it up. Yeah. OK, cool. Uh, so, yeah. So Horizon, uh, obviously, I have not had the same issues Josh has. Uh, so that's good for me. Bad for him, though. I do want to say, Josh, uh, one time uh, I did have a really, really bad corrupted save one time when I was playing. Um, oh, shoot. The one David Cage game. Uh, dang it. Dang it. Dang it. The second one. Not Heavy Rain. Uh, Lost Two Souls. Beyond Two Souls. Beyond Two Souls. There we go. Beyond Two Souls. Uh, I got to. It was like the second to last mission and my save file corrupted and I had to start all over and I just didn't. I, just uh, stopped. I mean, I, I hear you like that stuff is it can be brutal. Yeah, I was literally like on the mission before the last mission. I be I believe I don't know that for certain, but I'm pretty positive I was dang close to done with the game and my file corrupted, and I just never went back and played it again because I was like, forget this. Um, okay, I am about 25 hours in, uh, roughly level 25 or so. I feel like I get about okay. a level an hour, uh, and I am still really loving this game. I I think that there have been some monsters, <laughs> some dinosaur fights that I'm like. This seems way hard, like way hard. They're so uh, much harder. <laughs> yeah, like that things are the not, you know. kangaroo things are I know. Those insane. Guys are not nice. <laughs> Those guys are not nice. Um, And I am enjoying kind of just checking out what's in this world. And yeah. it, it's interesting because I basically kind of like use the main missions as like my guide of like, okay, I'm going to kind of walk in that general direction. I just like go and do like whatever I want to like along mm -hmm. the route. 
the number of parts of the map I still haven't uncovered as a result of that is significant. Yeah, yeah. Um, but everything that I am finding and doing, some of it's super simple and takes two seconds. Um, some of it takes much, much longer. And I'm like, oh, this is way more in depth than I thought this side little thing was going to be. And that like, yeah. is the entire thing I do for that you know, time I sat down to play. But even the simple things have had meaning that I didn't realize right away. That sometimes I did something simple and I'm like, well, that seemed kind of pointless. But now I've gotten to another part in the story. I'm like, oh, this matters now. Like yeah. I can use this for something and something important. Uh, so, so far I do like that, that it feels like everything I'm doing for the most part is either giving me immediate experience and upgrade points or is like, hey, now that you've collected enough of these, you can trade these in for X, Y, Z. Um, you know, that's going to be helpful for your journey. Uh, I, yeah, I am. <laughs> I really am struggling with what to upgrade because I, I am like, I don't know what I want a lot of the time. So I have these upgrade points. And I'm like, well, this seems good. And this is so I, many skill tree options. It's crazy. I just don't know what to upgrade, though. I have two skill trees that I really haven't done anything with. And the other ones I have like put a lot of things into. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's good. I pretty am not a huge fan of riding the machines. I don't uh, do it. Yeah. Did you do I the race every, yet? What's that? Did you do the race yet? I didn't do the race. I got like not. I got hit by the race, but I haven't done it yet. <laughs> so um, I was Oof. like, "What the heck was that?" Um, so I got hit by them when they were racing, uh, and I was like, "Hey, I should follow them and see where it goes." And I was like, "Well, that seems like a race, and I'm bad at races, so we're probably not going to do that it's for a while." Frustrating, but that- you can do it. But I was like, "Boy," and I had to do it again because it was part of the loss save. I was like, "Boy, I don't want to do this again." <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, that is, I was. It wasn't too far from there, though. I think that uh, I got killed by a thunderjaw that I didn't see. It was actually a really like funny Jurassic Park moment. I was trying to go to this. Uh, I was following the main path, and I was trying to get to like this next settlement. Yeah. And I saw these like di- these dinos that I had never seen before. I'm like, oh, what are those? So I was like scanning them and doing this stuff. Um, and then one of those stupid fire prong grazers yes. saw me, and I was like, oh man! So then I started fighting it. <laughs> And then the other two things that I've been scanning saw me and they came and fought me. So I'm like fighting all these things and I'm like, okay, I don't really have the exact things I want for this from a weapons perspective, but it's okay. Like I have good enough stuff. Like I can totally do this. This is fine. And then all of a sudden it was like a total like Jurassic Park moment where it was like, boom. And I'm like, what was that? And then all of a sudden like (laughs) huge tail just comes and like destroys me. And it was like, you've died to a thunder job, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. They made them a lot harder too than the first game. (laughs) So then when I went back there, I like peeked. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure enough. There's a thunder job over there. I'm just going to skip all of this and just run up the hill. And I'm not going to deal with any of this right now. Yeah. Because they say that the level, the thunder job is level 30 and I'm not level 30 yet. So I haven't fought it. I didn't even have the time to look at its level. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so it's but I am loving me. this game. I am absolutely loving this game. And I, I know that, you know, the I really contemplated playing Elden Ring so that we could talk about it. this Yeah, week. yeah. Uh, but I'm just having too much fun playing this game right now, and I, I didn't want to set it aside just to be caught up with the hotness of what's going on right now. And obviously, um, there's plenty of places you can go to hear them talk about Elden Ring. Uh, and I think... Yeah, the whole I, internet. Yeah, the whole <laughs> internet, right. And I think it's kind of disappointing because I, I almost feel like <laughs> this happened to Horizon last time it came out. That like Horizon came out, out and then this yeah. other game came out that, like, that then it constantly got compared to, right? Yep. So now this game is out and now Elden Ring is out and everyone's constantly comparing Elden Ring. And it's like, you know, the game can never just live on its own merits. It's always well, good live. news for Horizon. It looks a hundred times better than Elden Ring. <laughs> and, it, does look, it does look really pretty. Uh, that is, sets that apart, at least that way. <laughs> it apparently runs better, too. But By the way, know. those, those um, I really want to compliment Horizon on 
the drastic improvement to character animations and dialogue. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit last time. Yeah, they just but. look so good, and the voice acting is so good. And I know we talked about Machine Strike last time too, but man, if I'm not excited about playing Machine Strike every time I get to a new settlement, I know, and completing every um, all three challenges, which I have done successfully so far, I just actually unlocked a Stormbird piece. Oh, nice! I'm very I excited am- for that. I just got to my first settlement that so I have done all of the three easy or yeah. beginner boards, and I just got to my first settlement that has like a medium border. Okay, whatever. so I've done I've done nine machine strike matches, so three, three, nine, and three. Yeah, three, three, three. I did all the yeah. beginner ones. Yeah, I'll, did I miss a beginner? I just did a normal one. Oh, our normal. You must have missed the beginner one. So maybe I did twelve then. Maybe I did. 12. Okay, I was like, because there are three play three sites that are beginner specific. But that's where I got my stormbird from. Was from was the, the normal? last one I did. Was it in a very snowy place? No, I haven't been to any snowy places yet. <laughs> so I'm so confused. We're on Josh. different paths, my We're friend. We're on totally different paths. <laughs> totally different paths. Oh, anyway. So it is great, though. And I am actually very excited to try out Elden Ring. Like, I, I don't yeah. want to. I haven't played it, so I can't talk anything about it. Though I did watch. Uh, I watched the Digital Foundry video about reviewing the PC version, like oh, the tech yeah. of the PC version, and man, <laughs> did they rip it apart. Holy yeah, goodness. Sounds awful. Um, but I am very excited to play it. It does sound very cool, but I just, yeah, I, I really think that people are, I don't know if it's a, a timing thing or what's going on with Horizon, but like whenever the third Horizon comes out, which I'm just assuming there's going to be, uh, assume like game of the year is going to come out a week Something will be out a week later, time. yeah. Right. Like, goodness gracious. So, yeah, I'm hoping, I have no idea how long this game is with how the rate I'm playing it at. I was like, I hope I'll finish it up this week, but I have no idea. No, I'm wait, probably, it's got to be a 60 hour game. Yeah, I think so. I think you can mainline it pretty quick, but I'm definitely not. Kaylee finished it. it. So you can always ask Kaylee how long it took her to do the That's mainline. True. That's true. So, but yeah, that's Horizon. Uh, expect to hear more about that. But I am going to sprinkle in some Elden Ring or some other things uh, as well. Yeah. I was going to play Babylon's Fall because the beta I is saw out that. there. Uh, and I first I had to log into my Square Enix account, which was, took me forever oh, to fun. remember. <laughs> took me forever to remember that information. And then I had to like pick a class. And it's like, well, and then I had to connect my Square Enix account to my PlayStation, which I thought I'd already did when I played Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, but apparently not. Uh, and then it was like, hey, you have to pick this character. This character cannot change. And I was like, oh, goodness gracious. I don't have the, the no wherewithal to deal with this right now. <laughs> so then I just quit. I didn't even play it. I like, wow. literally got that far. And I was like, forget it. I don't even want to deal with this. Uh, and then I read some reviews of, of the beta and it doesn't sound stellar. So, you know, this game that I was super excited for because I... I well, really you were was, excited for it four years ago, to be fair. I know I was excited for it four <laughs> years ago. And I'm totally fine with it being like a game of service type thing. I yeah. just really wish I could play it alone. And you just really can't. Like, apparently, it's very, very hard to play by yourself. Okay. okay. So that is the bummer for me. Of like, if other people want to grow up as four and go slay things, go for it. But I just want to just like play it. Yeah. And apparently, that is very, very challenging. So, well, Josh, what we've been playing and everything took a really long time. But hey. Yeah. Let's jump into our topics of the show, Josh. So what's your first topic this week? Well, let's skip my first one. Well, we'll okay. do it, but I'll make my second topic my first topic. Because, sounds good. Because uh, I'll just cover this one next week. That sounds good. Uh, so the Dice Awards happened over th- over this past weekend. Yeah. And I figured we should just kind of, you know, cover the winners. Sounds good. Do you know what Dice stands for, Kyle? Oh, man. I don't. The... Oh, digital interactive. 
something something. Can I you, can I uh, ease your pain? Yeah, ease my pain. I don't have the answer. <laughs> what you don't know? <laughs> I, in fact, I completely forgot it was an acronym until I saw the T dot I dot C dot E. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure I could figure it out, but we don't have the time for that. <laughs> no, no, we do. We definitely do not. Uh, Dice Awards kicked off. I don't know if it kicked off, but it was hosted by um, Greg. Miller, that's his name, right? There's no game over Greggy. <laughs> Greg Miller and Jessica Chobot, uh, which they've been hosting, I think, for the past seven years together. Uh, oh, it's right down here. It says his name, Greg Miller. Uh, he did start off, or at some point say, uh, F Bobby Kodak, which I thought was yeah. pretty funny because then he goes, Oh, you guys just thought I was going to say F. I'm actually going to say bleep, <laughs> Bobby Kodak. <laughs> And it was nice of him to not put Jess on the line. So she just kind of had to stay there and be like, oh, interesting that you said that. <laughs> uh, but they should have let her say it, too, because she definitely would have said it. Um, I like how you're like, it's nice that they didn't make her say it, but it's too bad they didn't make her say it. Because that's her personality. She totally would have said it. But also, like, she's on a Discovery Channel show, so maybe it wouldn't be good for her to say it. That's true, I suppose. That's just what I was thinking. So here's what we'll do. We'll go over the categories because we didn't even cover these categories. We did. And I'll announce the winner. So Outstanding Achievement in Game Direction. Do you have this list in front of you? Uh, I don't. Do you not okay, want me to? Well, I want you to guess. Okay. Do you know the winners? Uh, the, I know like the Game of the Year winner, but okay, that's it. Okay. All right. So Outstanding Achievement in Game Direction. The nominees were The Artful Escape, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, It Takes Two, Inscription, and Deathloop. Who do you think won Outstanding Achievement in Game Direction? Uh, I think just because of the fact that it also won at the Game Awards. And it, I think it's definitely one of the best ways for it to... Um, I think this game does this really well. I'm going to go with Deathloop. Nailed it. It was Deathloop. Yeah. Deathloop was the winner. Uh, next is Outstanding Achievement in Game Design. The nominees are Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Loop Hero, It Takes Two, Inscription... And Deathloop. Who do you think won for game design? Ooh, this is okay. This is dice. So this is the industry talking. Yeah. Digital uh, isometric cylinder explosion. That's a good one. I think it is is something <laughs> like design, innovate, something, something. It's like four things the game industry does, I think, is what dice stands for. But anyway, uh, I'm gonna say out of those, they're gonna award a smaller game. They're gonna go with Loop Hero. Ooh, no, they went with it takes two for game design. I mean, smaller game published by EA, so maybe not that small, but good choice. Good choice. Yeah. Uh, online game of the year. We have Back for Blood, Call of Duty Vanguard, Final Fantasy XIV, Endwalker, Halo Infinite, and Knockout City. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV, Endwalker. Great choice. It was Halo Infinite, actually. All right. Nice work, Kyle. One for one right, two wrong. Good three. job. You're good good. job. Uh, mobile game of the year. Behind the Frame, Fantasian, League of Legends Wild Rift, Mon Cage, and Pokemon Unite. Okay, this is tough because I don't play all one mobile game. But <laughs> you know what? I, I know what Pokemon Unite is, so I'll pick that one. You do, and it also is the winner of that category. Good job. Two for four. Two for five. Two for... Two for Josh, something. Josh Math. One, two, three, four. Two for four. You're doing good. 50%. 
Outstanding Achievement for an Independent Game. Uh, our nominees are Death Store, Inscription. I'm loving Inscription getting all these nominations. Yeah. Loop Hero, Sable, Unpacking. Uh, I think it's going to be, I mean, for me, those all were pretty good games, other than maybe I think Sable is maybe the odd game out there. Not that it was bad, mm. but just the other ones I think I've talked about more. I think it comes down to Death Store or Inscription, and I'm going to go with Death Store. It was Unpacking. That is not what I anticipated, clearly. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Okay. Immersive reality game of the year. Demio, which is apparently a game I need to check out on Oculus because it's a card drafting game. Oh, nice. Uh, and Dungeon Crawl. Uh, Demio, I Expect You to Die 2, Lone Echo 2, Resident Evil 4 VR, and Song in the Smoke. Um, so one of the very few podcasts that I listen to, um, about games, uh, one of the people on there is a big VR person and they would not stop talking about Lone Echo 2. So that is my pick. That's the winner. Excellent. I got to check that game out. Uh, that was immersive reality game of the year. Now we're going to go to immersive reality technical achievement. So we have Yuki, we have Song in the Smoke, Resident Evil 4 VR, Puzzling Places, and Lost Echo 2, Lone Echo 2, sorry. Sorry. Okay, so I want to pick Lone Echo 2 again, but the DICE Awards, they might spread out the level a little bit. And I think Resident Evil 4 VR of taking a quote-unquote flat game and making it in VR, um, I could see them being like, hey, this is pretty cool. We're going to see more of this in the future. This is setting the groundwork. So even though I want to pick Lone Echo 2, I'm going to pick Resident Evil 4 VR. Well, you would be wrong. It's Lone Echo 2. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of thought, uh, yeah okay okay uh, yes that's okay that's okay you thought too much and they did. didn't think enough that's what we'll say uh strategy simulation game of the year our nominees are loop hero inscription two devolver digital games griftlands gloomhaven Whoa, and gloomhaven. age of empires 4 uh, i really want to pick inscription uh but i know that Game developers are a bunch of nerds, so they probably picked Age of Empires 4. That is correct. They picked Age <laughs> of Empires 4. This is interesting, a category that the dice uh, that the Game Awards is afraid to do. Sports Game of the Year. Nice. Is it <laughs> racing games? Our nominee, our nominees are The Climb 2, okay. which is a VR game. Yeah. Riders Republic. Nice. NBA 2K22. Mario Golf Super Rush. And FIFA 22. Uh, Riders Republic. Well, I'll tell you this. I can't trust the Dice Awards ever after who they picked to be the winner. Was it Mario Golf? Yeah. <laughs> One of the worst golf games I have ever played in my life. Maybe they shouldn't have this category. <laughs> or they should pick better judges. Role-playing game of the year. <laughs> we have Wildermyth, Tales of Arise, Shin Megami Tensei Five, Pathfinder, Wrath of the Righteous, Final Fantasy 14 Endwalker. Uh, Final Fantasy 14 Endwalker. Nailed it. People uh, love that game. People here we love go. that game. Here's the dissension. Racing game of the year. <laughs> oh, okay. Hot Wheels Unleashed. Forza Horizon 5. F1 2021. That's well, no it. offense to those other two games, but if Forza Horizon 5 doesn't win, I think I, I feel like this is a pretty slam dunk category. Nailed it. It's four yeah. thousand five. That's so, yeah. I mean, that's crazy if they didn't win it. Fighting game of the year. Another underserved category. Yes. Uh Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. Melty Blood type Lumina. So that's new to me. Uh Guilty Gear Strive. 
which would have well, been out for about a month before these yeah. ones came out. Uh, so people really like Melty Blood. Um, I don't know anything about it, but I hear it talked about in the fighting game community a ton. Uh, but I'm going to go with the only one of these that I think is like a quote unquote actual fighting fighting game. So I'm going to pick Guilty Gear Strive. Nailed it. That's what it was. That makes total sense. Family game of the year coming up hot. Let's do it. WarioWare. Get it together. Okay. Next Nintendo game. Ratchet. No, oh, you want the next one? The next Nintendo oh, game. Mario Party Superstars. <laughs> Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Cozy Grove. Animal Crossing. New Horizons. Happy Home Paradise. Animal Crossing. Ratchet and Clank. Really? Oh, okay. There we Makes go. No sense for family game of the year. <laughs> that's that's fine, I guess. Okay. Adventure game of the year. We have Resident Evil Village. Psychonauts okay. 2. Guardians of the Galaxy. It Takes Two. And Death's Door. Uh, gamer, game developers love Tim Schafer. Psychonauts 2. Who doesn't love Tim Schafer? Guardians of the Galaxy is the oh, winner for Adventure Game that's, of the Year. That's great. That's good. I like that pick. Action Game of the Year. The Dice, the dice Awards are all over the place. They are. Uh, action like. Game of the Year. Deathloop. The Ascent. Metroid Dread. Returnal. Halo Infinite. Oh, man. I really want to pick Returnal. But, but I'm not going you? to. I, no. <laughs> uh, I... Hmm. Metroid Dread. No, it's Halo Infinite. Wow. Okay. Undeservingly so. <laughs> so Halo Infinite uh, doing okay here. Getting now, some awards. We got a couple more awards. I just want you to remember now. You're voting uh, in the University of Pop Culture. <laughs> so okay. maybe that will influence your decisions. Okay. Outstanding Technical Achievement. Okay. Returnal. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Mon Cage, a game I have never heard of. Really? Forza Horizon Five okay. or Battlefield Twenty Forty Two? Um, I mean, Battle really Battlefield Twenty Forty Two? Yeah, standing technical achievement. <laughs> it's outstanding huh. that the game can run. <laughs> Interesting. Uh just because it is one of the few games that is pushing on all cylinders on next gen stuff, I'm going to pick Ratchet and Clank. Now that that's what it is. Ratchet yes. and Clank. It was between that or Returnal, and I just figured, you know, Ratchet's got fuzzies, so. Yes, it does. Um, outstanding achievement in story. Before Your Eyes. Inscription. Guardians of the Galaxy. Psychonauts 2. Or The Forgotten City. I still really want to play Before Your Eyes. Have you played this, Josh? Do you know anything about this game? I have no idea what it is. <laughs> so Before Your Eyes is a PC game uh, that the story progresses when you blink. Oh, I have heard about this game. Yeah. I have so, no interest in playing that game. <laughs> I, I kind of want to play it because I've heard really, really good things about it. And just because of that, I'm going to pick that that's what they're picking for Outstanding Achievement Stories Before Your Eyes. It's Guardians of the Galaxy, my friend. I'm really surprised at how... Vote with your heart. <laughs> I know. I'm just really surprised that like I really felt... The, the industry folks would look at this differently that but i try i guess i'm trying to game it too hard no they should have nominated before your eyes for technical achievement not for story yeah but it's supposed to be a really good story too is all i know well, so that's fair outstanding achievement in audio design the nominees are forza horizon 5 halo infinite it takes two ratchet and clank or eternal all right well it's going to be either 
Forza Horizon 5 or Returnal, and I'm going to vote with my heart and vote Returnal. Smart move. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> Outstanding achievement in original music composition. Ooh, okay. Deathloop. It Takes Two. Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. Psychonauts 2 or Returnal. Wow. Okay, that's really interesting. Because the have you listened to the soundtrack of Returnal at all? Only while I've been playing the game, yeah. not individually. I have listened to it like at work, and I can't because it is creepy. Like it's super creepy. Um, and this is not what I was anticipating for these games. Sure. Uh, you know what? I we're gonna go with Returnal again. Let's do it. Good job. You nailed it. Yes. Perfect. This has, is such an interesting soundtrack. It's super super weird. It's yeah. Uh, I really gotta go, I gotta play more of that game. I gotta go back to it. Uh, yeah. Uh, outstanding achievement in character. This is voice. This is not the actors, but the characters. So for okay. Deathloop, we have Cold Vaughn. For Kenna Bridges Spirits, we have Kenna. For Life is Strange True Colors, we have Alex Chen. For Ratchet and Clank, we have Rivet. And for Resident Evil Village, we have. The person who does the least amount of acting and the least amount of screen time, Lady D, who is your winner? Oh, okay. There we go. Now, who is your winner? I was asking. Oh, I thought you just said that Lady D was the the winner. No, I said, and Lady D, who is your winner? Oh, I thought you were like Lady D. Okay, sorry. Um, (laughs) I voting with my heart. I'm picking Alex Chen, though I don't think she's going to win. I'm voting with my heart. No, it's Lady D. But that was just a uh, weird, (laughs) weird mistake. Um. Outstanding achievement in art direction. We have Call of Duty Vanguard, Deathloop, Ken and Bridge of Spirits, Ratchet and Clank, and Resident Evil Village. I feel like um, at this point, I'm spoiling one of your potential answers. They're just giving Call of Duty Vanguard nominations because it's Call of Duty. I mean, that could be. <laughs> Clearly they don't win then. So I'm going to go with uh, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, nailed it. Ratchet nice. and Clank it is. Uh, we only have uh two categories left outstanding achievement and animation actually i know this one too oh, i did do. see this on on social media yeah because i saw uh insomniac post about it so i know it's ratchet and clank so ratchet and clank wins outstanding achievement and animation and kyle take it away our game of the year for the so dice the awards of, is of course none other than that hit triple a exclusive or neither of those things it takes two crazy it won crazy. Ga- game awards and, and Dice Awards, Game of the Year. Yeah. What did you think of their nominees, though, with Deathloop, Deathloop, Inscription, It Takes Two, Ratchet and & Clank, and Returnal? Like, happy with those five? I'm thrilled that they included the Inscription in their Game of the Year. Yeah, agreed. agreed. Nice change to see. I would love to see them put Forza in there, um, but I have no issues with the nominees. They're all great games. I mean, they don't put... A- uh, Assassin's Creed in there and that just retreads the same stuff every couple of years. Why would they put Forza? You don't need to nominate Assassin's Creed for any <laughs> game awards ever. <laughs> I can't. I can. Unless we're Forza talking about Creed. Assassin's Creed 1, 2, or 3. Like, it's the same thing. <laughs> I am I obviously can. Forza is great. Not I know great. you do. <laughs> um, cool. So that's the Dice Awards. Yeah. I, I'm kind of surprised that the industry folks voted so, I don't want to say quote unquote mainstream, but it seems very mainstream. Like, I it really anticipate super mainstream. I anticipated more niche picks there, but maybe, hey, maybe that just means that the things that we think are good actually are just good. Yeah, sometimes mainstream is just guiding you to where you should be going. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, Josh, uh, based off time, I'm just going to do one topic as well, but hey. we'll do the board game topic here. Um, 
So we're going to talk a little bit about 2021 in mm. games on Kickstarter. Um, this is published over on medium.com from Thomas Bideau, um, who does these wrap ups from time to time about kind of how things are going on Kickstarter uh, with tabletop games and games in general, but really a bigger focus on tabletop games and video games. Obviously, with Kickstarter, um, a lot of a lot of controversy about their move to NFTs and, and yeah. kind of wanting to use blockchain. Or I shouldn't say NFTs; they want their money to use the blockchain for a lot of the things they do moving forward. Excuse me. So that became, you know, people were questioning how things might go, um, you know, for tabletop games with that. Well, they made that announcement so late that you know most projects that were planned still went to Kickstarter, still finished on Kickstarter, all of that good stuff. So I think. 2022 will be the interesting year to see if there's any changes yes, there. Yes, for sure. <laughs> um, but to start off with, uh, Thomas here writes that, quote, 2021 was yet again a year, uh, again, a year net growth for tabletop games on Kickstarter, both in raw number of projects funded, but also in the total number of money raised by the projects. In the year-on-year year growth for the amount of money raised is less than 2020. The year-on-year year growth in total number of projects getting funded is closer and still pretty impressive for an industry very much qualified as a niche. So um, year-on-year growth in 2020 was up 33%, whereas in 2021 it was only up 13%. Um, and number of projects getting funded was up 17% in 2020, but only up 11% in 2021. But obviously still year-on-year growth from 2019, 2018, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he goes on here, and I think this is something you and I have talked about, Josh. He said, many mm-hmm. professionals I have talked to talk to are very afraid of a bubble and the platform becoming less reliable to finance projects but 2021 is not showing that the sorts of signs yeah. uh josh we've talked about a bubble for a long time we've talked about the raising prices of board games and that is this sustainable yeah everything is you know we're we talk about it like this is eventually going to happen are we just wrong josh is there no bubble is this just gonna <clears throat> keep going i don't know that's it's tough to predict obviously based on what we were predicting uh I don't think uh, I don't think there is a bubble. I don't. Uh, but what I do think is there's two specific things we need to worry about for Kickstarter. One is shipping costs, and one is whatever they're planning on doing with blockchain technology, and that's going to make or break them, honestly. And they can't control the shipping costs. So what can they control? Right. You know, and there now there's so many there's. Not so many. There's two competitors out there that can beat them at their own game, and that is being transparent about their business acumen and about how they're charging people and what their future of their company is. And I think in the past six months, we've seen just as many people double down on NFTs as we've seen condemn them. So it's really hard to figure out what's going to happen with it. I just really don't see a world where you can't tell me that NFTs aren't a pyramid scheme. There's not a world you can convince me of that yet. Yet. Right. Uh, and Kickstarter, people were expecting Kickstarter to make a comment on this, and they did, and it was not the comment I wanted. Yeah. It was we're like, hey, it. we're testing it with people, yeah. um, and we're not going to implement it until we know we... Uh, essentially, I'm paraphrasing. We're not going to implement unless until we know we can certainly make a lot more money off of it. It's not like we're, you know, we're worried about what you're worried about. They're like, Hey, we're worried about our profits, which I get They're a company, but that's not something that you necessarily want to put on front street when you're talking to consumers. Yeah, no, agreed. we'll see what happens, but I, I'm very surprised to see how much more money they made in a pandemic year. 
Yeah. Especially bouncing off of a pandemic year. Like we talked about next year's going to be worse because they had so much money before the pandemic. But now yeah. we're like, oh, wait a second. Now that's where all that government money went. <laughs> People weren't buying food. They're buying board games. <laughs> They're buying board games. <laughs> uh, okay. So here's a question then for you too, Josh. So just some like overall numbers. Uh, in 2021, 3,518, there were 3,518 tabletop projects and $272 million raised on Kickstarter for tabletop projects. Yeah. Every single one of those, that is every year since 20, 2009, the number of projects has gone up. Yeah. Every year since 2009, the amount of money raised has gone up with one small blip in 2013 to 2014. 2013, 55 million was raised. In 2014, yeah. 53 million was raised. But then since then, it's been just yeah, not much upward, of a big deal. Yeah, just march up and up and up. They're now at 272 million in, 200, in 2021. Do you think that in 2022, Josh, will they eclipse this 272 million as far as the amount raised? Will it continue this Ooh. upward trend? Or will GameFound and these other companies start to finally, um, we I don't want to say weasel, but start to kind of work <laughs> their way into, yeah. you know, what used to be a pretty exclusively Kickstarter space? It, if Kickstarter makes more money this year, um, I don't know. I just I guess I don't have any faith in the consumer at this point, whether they're not doing the research or whether they don't care. Mm-hmm. about what what's happening and you know what i mean we might be in that minority of people who understand or we don't even really understand but what we are aware of um uh, i don't expect Kickstarter to take a hundred million dollar loss that would be crazy to assume but i expect right. them to lose 50 million dollars like based off of internet traffic and what people are saying right and where people can go to i went to GameFound's page today and there's easily 20 times more projects up on GameFound now than there was last year. Oh, yeah. Game so they definitely stand a chance to do it. But I also noticed, and this might be bad or good, um, all the games on GameFound are high quality, high production, and expensive. It's yes. not like you can't just go on GameFound and buy back a $30 board game, which no. you can do on Kickstarter. Yes. Easily. So that could also be a hindrance to, to GameFound for sure, but... Um, I don't know. It's really just so crazy and, and, uh, unpredictable at this point where I feel like no matter when we cover 2022 for Kickstarter next year, I don't think we'll, either of us will be able to predict good or bad where they're going to be because it's, it could be anywhere. Yeah. So board games continue to just, you know, crush it on Kickstarter. I think they are still like the biggest, um, part of Kickstarter is still so much money. It is so much money. Uh, and it'll be interesting because, you know, one article we didn't talk about that or one story we didn't talk about that we probably will next week or potentially in the future. Yes. Uh, Josh was going to talk about uh, Cole Worley's next game. coming. Yeah, from we'll Leader. talk about it next week. <laughs> yeah. And they haven't said where that game is going to be available yet. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, a perennial Kickstarter powerhouse has not said if their game's going to be on Kickstarter. And if there is a company who is going to shun Kickstarter because of their stance on blockchain. Oh, yeah. Leaders again is a company I would put at the top of that list. Yeah, because they are very much up in front of this and saying that, that they would never do it. Right. So I'll be very interested to see where that goes. Um, in the video game world, uh, again, just as a reminder, you know, board games, uh, 3,518 board games were on Kickstarter. Uh, video games, 441, yeah. uh, which is actually an all-time <laughs> high for video games and the number of video games on Kickstarter. 
Um, and that's funded projects. Keep in mind that these are funded project numbers. Um, and video game money raised, though, was $24 million uh, compared to, again, remember, $272 million uh, for Kickstarter for tabletop games. So, again, yeah. this odd dichotomy of board games being a very niche industry, being hugely successful on Kickstarter, video games, much, much bigger industry much much smaller presence on kickstarter and, yeah. and their successes and obviously i think part of it's just because the in general it takes way more money uh to make a video game than it does to take a board and it's unpredictable board you don't know yeah. that it's going to come out for sure so but if you know for video games it, it was the most successful year as far as number of projects that funded uh but it was definitely not the most successful year as far as um money raised again at 24 million dollars in 2021 um back in 2013 it was 56 million 2015 they had 46 million um you know this is pretty in line the board games video games have been right around 18 to 26 million most years um on kickstarter so it's pretty much right in line with that so uh, again video games being successful um you know overall but just not to the same volume um, or level, you know, even in individual projects, um, funding high, just, just not the same. Yeah. Uh, so we'll keep a close eye on Kickstarter this year. Again, you know, a lot of these early year games are still coming out on Kickstarter. Uh, you know, we talk, obviously talked about uh, Unsettled, which is on there right now. And like mm. I also mentioned, there's a new expansion for Tang Garden that's on there right now. Like there's still a ton of games coming to Kickstarter, uh, but we'll have to wait and see, um, you know, with all this blockchain stuff still moving forward. Um, are the companies who were like, hey, yo, we're not for this. Are they going to, you know, put their money where their mouth is? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. All right. With that, we're going to move on to our homework updates. Obviously, every two weeks, Josh give it, and I give it one each other, one another, goodness gracious, some homework. <laughs> um, and we report back it on two weeks later. Uh, Josh's homework was he just needed to play Horizon Forbidden West. And my homework was I had to play Horizon Forbidden West. And we both hey. accomplished that. So good job. Woo. Um, so we're going to assign some homework for two weeks from now. So Josh, what is my homework for two weeks from now? Hey, you can read it. I'll say it. You can read it and weep if you want. Uh, you and I, we got to figure out at least one hour of Elden Ring co-op. And I don't even care if that's the only one hour we both play with that game in two weeks. Okay. Um, but I'm really curious based on some of the things I've been reading about the co-op in Elden Ring. Um, and I still would like to put some time into Elden Ring, but I don't want it to detract from Horizon for me. Right. Uh, but because we both have it, I think what a great excuse to get myself and you to play the game, at least for a short bit, and decide if we want to put more time into it. No, so you got to play you. Elden Ring for at least an hour with me. At least an hour of Elden Ring with Josh. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that. We'll figure that out. We'll make that happen if we can figure out the convoluted multiplayer system. <laughs> um, and if, I'm assuming we're going to have to play a little bit to get to the point that we can I'll that. look into it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll look into it and let you know. All right, Josh. You ready for your homework? Oh, yeah. It would be really nice if I just said you had to play co-op Elden Ring with me, but that's not going to be what it is. That's okay. Uh, Josh, you need to play a board game. All right, cool. I have a I'm, I have a game. I keep I keep trying to get to the table. I just got to get the wife to do it. <laughs> there you go. Now you can just be like Kyle's making us play it's this. My so homework. Have, <laughs> it's my homework. So perfect. So Josh will be coming to you with a, some board game info in a couple of weeks. I'll be coming to you with some co-op Elden Ring information in a couple of weeks. Uh, with that, Josh, you said we had an email. We got an email. It's titled "Across the Universe." Nice. It's from Paul Calico, who has decided I'm I'm just responding via email, and we're cool with that. Uh, hey, y'all. I like the Beatles. 
and across the universe is right up there with the doors movies for me oh okay man i haven't thought about that movie in a long time that's a good movie uh i have two cats my roommate has three i moved in with him last february and we are still getting used to each other uh end of thought uh dang kyle sorry to hear about the shrapnel in your dog i know right my poor dog's butt the last trip to the vet for my dog found me paying a lot of money to deworm him. He had to get those worms out. <laughs> As for Forbidden West, I'm still in Chain Scrape. The snake fight was so awesome. I agree. Machine Strike looks very interesting, but I haven't delved too deep yet. Don't worry, there's plenty of opportunities for that. Yeah. Uh, my roommate asked me what movie I was watching the other night. I was like, this is a game. I'm going to paraphrase dude uh and the graphics blew him away <laughs> i was playing in the graphics mode uh what do you think the borrowers are modeled after he um posits, the borrowers he's wrote borrowers i'm just okay sorry. i'm just I'm making sure i'm understanding he posits ferrets meerkat or gopher i think it's probably a gopher that's, that's a, hard that's to a, say right ugh. do ferrets burrow i don't think they do uh, I don't know. I like them. I think they're cool. I don't think they that, are cool. I don't think that um, the physics work out at, at any point for them because <laughs> they're not <laughs> leaving holes in the ground. <laughs> oh, it, it's actually probably one of my biggest gripes of the game. <laughs> to be oh, honest. is that they don't have all the holes just left there? It doesn't make any sense how they are how they work. <laughs> but I like. I think it's cool mechanic, but it doesn't make any sense. In fact, every other machine in the game makes sense so far. This one is improbable. Do you have an animal you think it's modeled after? Okay, so this I feel is like you're saying, googling animals. I did. I, lo- <laughs> I, I know. I actually went to the Horizon Wiki. Okay. Um, and it says that the uh, that burrowers um are based off of otters. Oh, interesting. No water to be seen. But you, you uh, well, but you um. I guess spoilers for later in the game. I won't say anything. Oh, don't spoil it for me. That's why I didn't say anything. Uh, You kind of half spoiled it. (laughs) Uh, Did y'all turn on the quick swap for your weapons? I did not. Did you? I have not yet. I thought about doing it. Um, But the problem is I actually am using a crud ton of my weapons. Like I am switching between a whole bunch of them. Um, And I'm so used to that wheel too. So it's like second nature for me. It is very, very quick for me. Uh, so I was going to, but I just kept finding myself going into the wheel anyway. So I yeah. just, yeah. Yep. Uh, he, uh, another thought uh, in the sentence. Wow, magic is expensive. Yes. Preach. Uh, end of thought. Uh, if they did TMNT cards, I'd definitely consider getting them. Well, I guess it's in the same area. So Paul Paul's in on TMNT cards for magic. Uh, Bioshock movie sounds like it could be good. Carl Urban as the lead and Andy Serkis as the bad guy and Robert Rodriguez to direct it. Oh, that's a good. I, I like that Robert Rodriguez pick. And we end with all right, y'all. Great show in the books. Thank you. And thank you, Paul. P.S. Paul's recommendations are still Infinity Train and Lower Decks. <laughs> Noted. We'll try to get to those, Paul. Make sure you come in hot with some new recommendations. <laughs> well, I mean, since we haven't watched them, like, why would you? Why would you come in with He's anything like, else? Guys, watch it. I'm telling you, please watch these shows. And we're like, what's your next recommendation? 
All right, we'll get to it. Infinity Chain and Lower Decks. I love Star Trek, so I'll probably watch Lower Decks first. But I won't forget about Infinity Chain. Yeah, I'm not a huge uh, Star Trek person, but uh, Erica really likes it, so maybe she'll we'll watch it. Maybe I'll watch it with her. So anyway, nice. Those are our one emails. Awesome. <laughs> So we're going to move on. Obviously, if you want to send us emails, feel free to boardwithvg at gmail.com. And then you can get a whole ton of information right on the show like that. So thanks yeah. so much. And feel free to reach out via email. That's fun. Um, we're going to go ahead and move towards wrapping the show up. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to leave you with our recommendations for a well-rounded life, which is something we're kind of into that's helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation? Hey, so I couldn't figure out a pop culture thing to recommend. Uh, I don't yeah, know I think why. This is a good recommendation. But uh, yeah, uh, this is usually something I would reserve for plugs, but I'm just going to go ahead and put it out now. Um, I am joining a group of people who are streaming for charity. Uh, this charity is for autism awareness, but it is in honor of the gaming guru, Bobby Pauls, who. Uh, our gaming community lost to COVID. Um, I met him two. Oh boy, time is a flat circle. Met him three years ago at Extra Life. That was the only time I met him. But he is uh, is and was a very good friend of Sean Capri of the Xbox Drive and 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 pretty much any endeavor he's ever done. Um, so. You know, Kevin Austin and myself, who are active with Extra Life, were, were asked to participate in this charity stream, and that's what we're doing. Uh, so this Friday, uh, f- March 4th, I will be uh, streaming on Twitch. I'm going to be playing Lost Ark. Um, if anyone wants to join me, please feel free to join, as it is co-op. But uh, I'm going to start streaming around 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And probably not for too long, for a few hours at least, um, because I have a busy day Saturday, but um, I'm really happy to be part of this group. If you follow my socials, you'll see uh, there's a link to donate to this um, charity we have chosen in honor of Bobby. And every $10 that you enter, you'll be entered into a raffle to win a bunch of prizes. You can see the picture on my on my social, so that's um, uh, at Josh Bones on Twitter, at Baloney Borboni underscore Borboni on Instagram. Um, uh, yeah, if if you want to check it out, and honestly, this kind of qualifies for run, well rounded life. I didn't have to do too much to get involved with this. I just had to know some people and donate some time, and that's what I'm doing. Um, and for every for any charity event I do, I also think it's important that if you're asking people to donate money, you're also donating your own money. So I was also very happy to make the first donation to this cause as well. So at least you know that you're not the only one donating. I'm also happy to contribute to the cause. So um, yeah, check out my socials and donate. 10 bucks gets you into the lottery, even if you don't want to donate more you could win a switch you could win a bunch of different games you could win xbox codes you can even win an animal crossing 64 right. which is up for grabs so uh, which you could probably turn around and sell for way more than your ten dollar donation so uh check it out and and uh even if you don't want to donate i'd love to see you come by the stream um on twitch that's at why so serious on twitch so um 
stop by and say hi on Friday night if you can. Kyle, what is your recommendation well, for well-rounded life? My recommendation is not as good and wholesome as yours is, Josh. <laughs> they can't um, always be. It's okay. <laughs> so definitely check out Josh's charity stream on Friday um, and, and help support if you're able. And if you if you don't have any money to throw that direction, that's totally fine. Totally understandable. Uh, finances are yeah. definitely tight sometimes. Uh, so feel free just to spread the word and, and notify others. And, and that is a way that you can definitely help as well. Uh, so my recommendation <laughs> uh, is a Netflix comedy special. Uh, Ali Wong. Don Wong. Uh, <laughs> I love the title. It's <laughs> uh, a good title. Uh, yeah, this is not uh, kid-friendly. So be very, very clear about this. This show is raunchy, as Ali Wong <laughs> often is. Uh, her comedy is not for everyone. I find her absolutely hilarious. <laughs> so, um, it, you know, it, it's definitely um, be prepared for a lot of uh, jokes about inappropriate topics um, and probably you will feel uncomfortable at some point um but it it's uh it's a pretty great comedy special i laughed out loud a lot um and it, it just really she delivers uh her delivery is just not like most other people and she really does a good job of um kind of breaking the wall of the like the 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 stereotype of the female comic because yeah. she is like you know what just because like girl women comics can be raunchy too and she is like yeah. hardcore uh and just with the way that she owns it and the confidence with she delivers the lines and like it really she just i just like i think she's hilarious so uh if you have netflix and you're into stand-up comedy and you don't mind uh things on the pretty raunchy side uh ali wong don wong uh check it out and if you like it then check out her other stuff that's on there too because it is all quite quite good i'm nice. a big fan of ali wong so with that uh, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Hey, let's do it. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at Board with Fiji at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag Board with Fiji, so please use that hashtag as well on all your social media so we can see what you're up to. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on all the things at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. That's Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Twitch, Steam. Um... Yeah. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Josh, sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But 
keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost. <laughs>